Good morning to you all and welcome to the service this morning. It's nice to see the sun out again, isn't it? It's lovely and welcoming when you walk in. So welcome to the first Sunday of Advent and we will celebrate communion as you can see this morning. And the retiring offering today is for Erskine Hospital. The service will be available online and on the phone line as usual this week. We have the usual activities through the week. We've got the midweek service on Thursday at half past ten, the craft team and the country dancing as usual, Bible study on Wednesday at seven. On Wednesday, we've also got musical memories at two o'clock. So Wednesday at two o'clock, come along and have a nice afternoon of singing and music. The prayer group will meet next Sunday at the close of the service. A reminder from Elizabeth that material is due today for the messenger. This is the last edition of the messenger until February, so ideally it should contain information about events happening up to about the 12th of February. If you know that there's anything coming up, then please let Elizabeth know today. North Ayrshire Guilds Together Advent Gathering is happening here in Kirkgate on Friday at 2 o'clock. And the guest speakers are the Puppet Ministry. I think that'll be a really interesting afternoon. Um, They're bringing along their puppets, and I think it'll be good. And you'll get a cup of tea. Everyone is welcome to come along. Two o'clock on Friday. The Christmas Fair is on next Saturday. If you've not already been approached, someone will be coming shortly with tickets. Donations for any stalls and the tea room will be most welcome. And the church will be open on Friday from half past six for donations. Tickets to the fair are 50 pence and £2.50 for the tea room with children paying a pound. And there's rolls and sausages for an extra £1.50. The Christmas Tree Festival is the following Saturday, Saturday the 10th, with a shopper's carol service at three o'clock. And there's still time to offer to decorate a tree if you speak to someone in the craft team. Sunday the 11th of December is the gift service and gifts will be warmly received by the night before Christmas campaign and should be brought unwrapped. They can be for any age group at all, so right from babies, right up adults and uh, men and women, doesn't matter. Lastly, I'm very sad to announce the death this week of Lex MacDonald. His funeral will be held here in Kirkgate and then at the crematorium in Largs. And you'll get more information about that next week when the details have been firmed up. But please remember Lex's family and loved ones in your prayers this week. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, uh, Vivian. Good morning to you all. Uh, it's, It's always encouraging to see lovely faces and you know god has blessed me so much that i'm also able to see those who are watching online Um, so welcome to each and every one of you Uh, and i also know that some will listen or watch this service later on you're most welcome and please if you can you are joining us from home please have your communion uh, elements ready with you uh, for later on. It's a new season for us as Christians, a new moment, a new turning moment to God we gather. 
In an old story, an old promise, an old truth, we gather. In a fresh word for our time, a fresh hope for our world, a fresh invitation into life, we gather. In God and God's great love, we come. In Jesus, the Advent promise and spirit, and in, in new hearing, we gather, we wait, we worship. I would like to invite uh, Chrissy to come uh, and help me with the Advent uh, candle. So today we are going to be lighting the candle of hope we light in this hour proclaims that the Lord is coming in power. We wait for a future now hidden from view when Christ in his glory will make all things new. Thank you very much, uh, Chrissy. Why don't we stand together if you are able to and sing together, oh come, oh come, Emmanuel.
Let us pray. Faithful Father, we begin today by giving you thanks. Your love endures forever, it never fails. Though there are many ways in which we have failed, we have not exceeded the supply of your mercy and grace. We thank you for your revealing yourself to us through your word. As we open the Bible today, we pray that we would hear your voice. We ask that your Holy Spirit would be at work, opening our ears to hear and our hearts to receive your word. May we be transformed into your likeness. Thank you that you willingly offered up your body to be the sacrifice for my sin. Thank you that your body was broken for me, then that your precious blood was shed to pay the full price for all my many sins. And not for me only, but all who would trust in your name. Lord, I kneel before you in humble submission, as later I partake of the bread and wine, and I do this in remembrance of you. I was glad when they said to me, said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. We gather here today, God, standing in your house, ready to encounter you in word, song, prayer, and in one another. May your peace fill this place, that together we might turn our hearts and minds to you and dedicate this time in praise of your glory. In this first Sunday of Advent, our expectations draw us together in unity, that our praise and worship might echo in these walls and also through our lives. In this Advent of expectation, draw us together in mission, that the hope within might be the song we sing and the melody of our lives. In this Advent of expectation, draw us together in service, that the path we follow might lead us from a stable to a glimpse of eternity. Mighty God, everything you do reveals your glory and majesty. Open our eyes to see what you are doing in our lives. Let us marvel at your good gifts and your wise provision. Your acts are amazing, Lord. We cannot comprehend the number of blessings you pour out on us from day to day. As we gather today around your name, we pray that you would fill our hearts, our minds and our souls. Transform us, Lord, and make us more like you. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, in whose words we now pray. Our Father, in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and give us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. Give us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thy is the kingdom, power and glory forever. Amen. Thank you ah, so much, John. A question to all, have you ever waited for something for a long time? P please uh, raise your hand if you've waited for something for a long time before. Um, how many of you gave up waiting? Um, so many times I've, I've gave up waiting on something. Um, or have you, have you perhaps waited for someone uh, before? Like waiting for a person. I know, I know stories about husband and wife waiting for, for one another, as in he has been sent out to buy something and something happens, and the, the wife is waiting and thinking, what is this? Um, <laughs> now, for those of us who have waited and maybe gave up in our waiting, or 
I, I'm sure it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a lovely story to hear. But for those of us who did not give up waiting, would you, would you mind sharing what you were waiting for and what made you not to give up? Yes. A brand new car. All right. All right. That's good. Why, why, why did you not give up waiting? Uh-huh. All right. That's good. So there is a, an example of someone who has waited for a new car, and I guess part of the waiting for her was like, because I know, you know, we need one, we need a new one. And for that one, maybe for some of us here, you, you may be thinking, oh, that's at least easy to wait upon because you know that uh, at first maybe you are motivated by the budget and as, as you build up, you'll be like, yeah, we're getting there. Anybody else who has waited? Yes, Ian. Uh, I was born just after the war, just well, during the war, and I was adopted. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to find my, I knew my mother, knew my mother, never knew my father. Mm -hmm. I was told, uh, I was given a name by my, my parents, uh, who my father was, and uh, I searched, for about 50 years I searched. Mm. And it's been a very interesting search. But at the end, uh, waiting to find the father, eventually found him. Mm. But he had passed away in 1984, he had a brain Hallelujah. So there is the message. Um, thank you, Ian, for bringing it so well. You know, 50 years, 50 plus years of waiting. And, you know, the season of Advent we begin is a season of waiting. Uh, unlike those in the New Testament or the times then who were waiting for Christ to be born, we are waiting for Christ to come again. For the second time so advent is a season of waiting and we are waiting for his coming and you know what one thing that is unlike other things that we wait for when it comes to jesus we know for sure he's coming uh, whether it is 10 minutes after i've said it now or tomorrow 
or maybe 10 years. But as we wait, we hope in Christ. Amen. Uh, so I hope and trust that we continue to wait and wait patiently and wait as we, as we pray as well because he is coming. Our Messiah is coming for the second time. We sing our next hymn, Hark the Glad Sound, the Savior Comes. And towards the end, the children are most welcome to leave for Children's Church. Please be seated. I pray that the Lord be with us as we hear God's word read to us and preached to us. We turn to God in prayer. Shall we pray together? Holy and gracious God, may your Holy Spirit give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that with the eyes of our hearts enlightened, we may know the hope to which Christ has called us, the riches of his glorious inheritance among us, and the greatest of his power for those who believe. Open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Our scripture reading is going to be from 1st John chapter 2. I know it's displayed as chapter 3 there, 
but we are going to begin in chapter 2 verse 28 till chapter 3 verse 3 and John is going to to lead us in this reading Yes, my children, remain in union with him, so that when he appears we may be full of courage and need not hide in shame from him on the day he comes. You know that Christ is righteous. You should know then that everyone who does what is right is God's child. See how much the Father has loved us. His love is so great that we are called God's children, and so in fact we are. This is why the world does not know us. It is not known God. My dear friends, we are now God's children, but it is not yet clear what we shall become. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he really is. Everyone who has this hope in Christ keeps himself pure, just as Christ is pure. May God add his blessing to this reading of his word. Amen. Thank you so much, John. So it is yet another year, and we're starting another year as Christians. It's the season of Advent, Advent once again. And I love the opening of the passage that we have read this morning. You know, in the good news, we started with verse 28, which says, Yes, my children. Yes, my children. Now, John, as he's writing this particular passage or letter, he's old, and his, his readers are like little children for him. So he, he says, very powerful, yes, my children remain in union with him, so that when he appears, we may be full of courage and need to need not hide in shame from him on the day he comes. I wonder what comes to, to, to heart or to mind when you hear those words. Now, without any doubt, John keeps stressing family relationships we have with this father who loves us. Now, this is nothing new, as we ought to always remember this that we are born into the family of God by faith. And what blow my mind is that this family is the family of love. The Father's love flows through each of his children, and we are the children of God. Now the question I want to ask you is, do you know this? Do you often know this? Do you often remember this? Do you often remember this about your father? Because definitely if you do remember this about your father, this helps you to wait patiently. This helps you to actually be eager as you wait upon the Lord. Because John wants the children of God to know this and fully enjoy the family we are part of. He wants the children to live like children of the Father. And John wants us to be credit to this family of God. So John goes on to say a few things before we turn to chapter 3. He says, And now, little children, abide in him, 
in case some will say, what does it mean to abide in Christ? To abide in Christ is this. It is to have fellowship with Christ day by day, minute by minute. It is to experience close communion with him. It is to be fully surrendering your life to him in good situations and in bad situations. To live daily to please him. That's what it means. And John suggests that if we abide in him, then there's something that happens when people who are called by God abide in God. One of the things that happen is this. We have confidence. Have you ever seen how other people have confidence in themselves so much that you you can't comprehend it? You can't comprehend their confidence. I've always loved to put this across with all my children. Now there are two of them. They always have too much confidence in thinking that this building or this church belongs to their dad. (laughs) I mean, you should watch them. You should watch how they behave. It's like they are saying, well, this is my dad's church. <laughs> I remember one time D saying, but you are the pastor. And I said, so what? <laughs> but in essence, there's a certain kind of confidence that we have when we abide in Christ. We, we live confidently in a way that sometimes we end up saying things that other people won't understand. We will say, my father will not disappoint me. My father will not let me down. That's confidence. And that brings about hope. In this chaotic world we live in, we need confidence and we need that lively confidence in God. And when when we know of this secret of us abiding in Christ, we have assurance of salvation. Have you ever seen people who live like they they're not assured? They're not assured of the salvation they have in God. It's like they don't have a hopeful life. It's like we are so defeated. Even the devil only needs to push us aside, only needs to do very little for us to give up. The question is, so do you? Do you know this? Do you know the Father's love for you? Because when you do, you will even feel comfortable with Jesus. You will feel comfortable with Jesus. When Jesus expects too much of you, you will be comfortable. When Jesus lets nothing, expect nothing of you, you're comfortable. Have you ever seen people who are not comfortable because of the fact that <laughs> the, the cross is empty? They're like, oh no, I needed to wake for it, you know? I needed to work hard for it. Here's the good news. You don't need to do anything. He has done it all. And that gives us confidence. Another thing that happens when we are aware of this is this. We enjoy the father and the family that we have. Do you enjoy the family you have? I certainly do. I miss some of you. 
I miss some who are not, even some of you who are watching from home, some of you I miss you even though I've not met you. I, 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 I can't wait to enjoy the family of God and I can't, enjoy, I can't wait to enjoy the Father, God, that we share together. So that's, these are some of the things that happen. And when we are aware of this, we seize every moment as we rejoice and we celebrate in Jesus, as Jesus constantly calls us to abundant life. You remember in John 10, verse 10, he says, I have come that they may have life and have life in abundance. And do you know that we, that's all at our disposal? I'm sure having said that, that makes it, that, 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 that makes it easy for us to rejoice and to wait upon the Lord. Now, perhaps let me pause here and ask this question. If Jesus had come last week, perhaps yesterday, would you have been ashamed of him or to stand before him? How about last night? Or maybe if Jesus had come when you were on your way to church, would you have been ashamed? Or are you ashamed if he comes right now? Are you confident enough? And in the passage we read, John encourages Christ-like living. And our text gives powerful incentives for such kind of Christ-like living. In verse 1 of chapter 3, John says, See how much the Father has loved us. See how much the Father has loved us. See is really an imperative. Behold, it's a command. John is summoning us to, to turn our attention to something of extraordinary beauty and worthy. He's focusing our spiritual lenses on this which has been done by the Father. He says, see how much the Father has loved us. And he goes on to say, behold, the love of the Father. Now I think if you have not been loved before, by a father, and I can only speak of, of that experience myself. If you have not been loved of the father, sometimes you take it for granted. You know, as a father now, I, I think sometimes I overdo it <laughs> because I've only seen and heard how to love as a father. And now and then I just fall short of that, of that sense of, am I... Am I doing enough as a father? Now, when I, read the, when I read the Bible, I can't stop at the amazing grace and love of the father that I have received. And I just want to give it. I want to give it not only to my children, but to the family of God as well. Now, with John, I invite you to close your eyes our physical eyes on the fleeting and momentary destructive things around us in our world today and open our eyes of faith on, on a side that will supply endless fascination for our lives, the purifying hope 
of Jesus Christ. Now John is doing more than simply focusing our attention on God's love. He's really issuing something of a challenge to us. He says, look again at what he says. He, see, he says, see what kind of love the Father has given us. It, it's as though John was asking us to consider the Father's love, to evaluate it. He's inviting us to attempt to take it in, to measure it. And he says, see what kind of love or what manner of love the Father has given us. I want you to pause and just, and just think about it. Think about, think about the love of the Father for you. The, the love of the Father for you. Take out your measuring tape and just attempt to calculate the dimensions of such a love. Oh yes, I'm inviting you to study it. Examine it. Can you fathom its proportions? Can you comprehend its depth or reach its height or find its, find its ends? Can you measure the love of the Father? And the reason why I'm inviting you to measure and to think about it is because when you have just had a glimpse of it, the way you hope on this God is amazing. The, hope, the way you hope on tomorrow would be uncomprehensible. Now maybe you are here and you say, Nigel, how do I, how do I even start with this measuring part or maybe two things i want to invite you to look at as you try and comprehend and examine the first is the cross we are told god has demonstrated his love for us and this that while we were still sinners christ died for us can you comprehend that before you even knew it before you even thought about following Christ, before you thought about joining a church, or before you gave your life to Jesus, he died for you. And the question is then, can you not hope in such a powerful God? The second yardstick with which to measure the Father's love for us is the gift of adoption. This is our adoption into the household and family of God. Behold what manner of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. How do you measure the extent of this love? You measure it by the fact that he has taken you and he has taken me and he has brought us into his own family and made us his children with all rights and privileges of a child of God. You know how, you know, one of the things that I, I, I personally understood earlier in my life when I was reading the Bible was this whole aspect of adoption. You know, if, if you had known me when I was still young, I really wanted to be adopted. To be honest, I really wanted to be adopted. I really wanted someone to adopt me. 
because I could see those who were around me and I, I admired so many families and I said, oh, I, I wish they could just take me in as their child. I remember, and, and, and I remember sharing this with my grandmother and I said, oh, grand, I, I just wish so-and-so could adopt me. And she, she looked at me and she gave me a lecture. But you know why I, I wanted to be adopted by those families that I admired? Because I could see how they, they, they treated their children. I could see how they valued their children. And I was like, I want that kind of love. I want that kind of care. I want that kind of being spoiled at Christmas time. I, want, I don't want to be going, you know, when people say going to the gardens, you know, in, in the Scottish context, you don't understand what is gardening in a true sense. Uh, I would go to a garden that would take me the full day of Christmas from early as early as six o'clock in the morning until sunset, working in the garden. That used to be my Christmas. That's why I really wanted to be adopted and to enjoy the privileges of not having to do that. Now that's, that's what I'm inviting you to use as a child of God. You are adopted. You've got the rights to become a child of God. And you can claim God is mine. <clears throat> Maybe some of us, we don't comprehend that very well. I, I could use our own monarch maybe. Imagine you are adopted to be part of the royal family. Or at least maybe that would make some of us excited because we know what it is like. How deep the Father's love for us. How vast beyond all measure. That he should be called his only son to make a wretch his treasure. Why? Why? Why would he make me his son when I've lived so long like his enemy? Well, the answer is this, because he loved you, he loved me, because he loves you, and he has given his only begotten son for you. That's the whole explanation that I can give, and it's actually, it actually leads us into a mystery, doesn't it? We worship a God who adopts his enemies and punishes his son. We worship God who makes us his children at the price of lifeblood of his only begotten son. That's how much he loves us. Now I wonder if you can taste some of it yourself. The breathless beauty and grandeur and glory of the adopting grace of God in this gospel. Can doubt then stand before you as you actually get to hope into his second coming? When you have comprehended these things that I'm, I'm trying to, to show you, can doubt seize you? Can doubt defeat you? Or maybe you're sitting here today and you're thinking, well, I've been doubting all my life. And maybe you're saying, I, I, I've, I've, I've struggled with spiritual uncertainty. In other words, 
I often question myself, am I a child of God? Because there are reasons why sin seems so strong. Why is so sin so strong around me? And why do I keep doing the same things that I want not to do? It is true we are called to love one another. For love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God. All of these and many others are practical steps to deepen our strength and strengthen our relationship with Jesus. But there are times, no matter how hard we look or perhaps even the more we look at the record of our own attempts to obey and serve and love, brothers and sisters, sometimes the more we examine ourselves, the less confident we are in the authenticity of this loving God. All we find are evidence of failure. We want all to live good lives and to set good examples, to live by faith. In fact, it's amazing that Paul wrote of this daily struggle in Romans 7 where he said, I do not understand what I do, for I don't do what I would like to do, but instead I do what I hate. And I know that good does not live in me, that is in my human nature. For even though the desire to do good is, is in me, I'm not able to do it. Here's the good news. Here's the good news. The ground of my confidence before God is nothing in me, but it is the work of Christ, my Redeemer. You will be enabled to say, I am a child of God, so are you. So John is right when he says, my dear friends, we are now God's children. Now something else we need to see in this passage is how John wanted to live as close to Christ as possible. He longed to see his Savior. But we know that when Christ appears, he says, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he really is. This hope kept him going. And this hope should keep you going and should keep me going. Maybe let me almost close by asking these questions. Are you ready for the second coming of Jesus? Are you ready? If you're not, remember whose child you are. Remember whose child you are. Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself even as he is pure. Your father who loves you and has adopted you is holy, he's pure, he's righteous, and he calls you to be the same. And may God help us to come to the mother and wonder of his adopting love and begin to adore him and live for his glory and knowing that it's not about what I can do, it's all about what he has done and it's done and dusted. All I can do is to hope in this loving and loving Loving God, and I will hope and keep hoping no matter what. Yes, circumstances around me will tell me otherwise, but I will hope in nothing else but in this Christ, my Savior. We tend to sing together. Lo, He comes with clouds descending.
Please be seated. Let us pray. Parent God, you have given us life and love. You are generous beyond measure. We bring to you our offerings. May they help to build your kingdom here and now. They are but a sign of all that we offer. May we be generous with our time, with our talents, taking the light of Jesus with us wherever we go this week. Loving God, as our northern hemisphere grows dark, as winter takes hold of days being short, we're grateful for some hours of sunlight each day, a reminder that your light can never be put out. As we use artificial light to bring warmth and comfort to these Advent days, we're glad to remember that the light of the world is already here and will never leave us. Jesus, light of the world, have mercy on us. Hear our prayers for the world and help us to listen for your answers. We pray for anyone who feels powerless within their home, within their work or community life. May they find opportunities and people to help them. We pray for anyone who feels bound to another person or a situation which they are unable to break free from. May they find strength to endure and people to assist them. We pray for anyone who is trying to follow in the way of Jesus, whatever their situation or circumstances. May they know your love surrounds them and people to encourage them and support them. We pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ all around the world, each one trying to follow in the way of Jesus, each one empowered, bound, and committed to God. May they know your peace and guiding light in these Advent days. We pray for everyone and anyone searching for you this Advent. May they find you in all places and people come to love and follow you. Lord, some of us are getting tired of waiting. We are being impatient and losing our hope in you. Could you remind us of your love? We bless you for the gospel by which you have made us your children. Help us as we leave this morning to live with new gratitude for your grace, new wonder at your love, new confidence and assurance that such love will never fail, will never be broken. It is a relentless, unending love. And to live resolved, having been made the beneficiaries of adopting love, to live for your glory, to be pure, even as you are pure. Bless each and every one of us. Those who are not well, we commit them unto you. Those who are in need of a whisper from you, Lord, please provide it. And if you want to use us, help us and empower us. All this we pray for and ask in Jesus' name. Amen. We read in the scriptures the gracious invitation of our Lord to us to come to this table and remember him, the son of man who came to seek and to save the lost, the son of God who gave his life a ransom for us. 
in this same scripture, the Apostle Paul warns us to examine ourselves before partaking in the Lord's Supper. The blessing from the Lord's table are only beneficial to those of a sincere, repentant heart and a living faith in Christ as Lord and Savior. As the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, I take these elements of bread and wine to be set apart from all common use to this holy use and mystery. And as he gave thanks and blessed the, these elements, let us draw near to God in prayer. But before we pray, I would invite the elders to come as we are singing together. Jesus calls us here to meet him.
Please be seated. Let us pray. Eternal God, the whole earth is full of your glory, and we therefore come to praise, to bless, to adore you. We give thanks for Jesus who came to raise us up and to restore your image upon us, where we may reflect the glory of the eternal and unchangeable God. We thank you for the life of Jesus as recorded in the scriptures, for the prophecies that foretold his life of hardship, for his perfect example, for his death upon the cross, for his resurrection from the, ga- from the grave, and for his ascension to thy right hand, and for his sending of the Holy Spirit who comes to deepen in us the love of Christ and to lead us to all truth. As we gather together at his table, we thank you especially for Christ's death on the cross, for taking upon himself the punishment which was due to us for all of our sins. Truly, he is the perfect lamp of God, the lamp without spot or blemish, the lamp slain for us, the lamp who takes away the sin of the world. At your invitation and command, we present ourselves at his table to remember him and to witness before the world that we have been justified, we have been forgiven, we are redeemed, and we have received eternal life through Christ and through Christ alone. All this we pray for and ask in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. So our Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, when he had given thanks, he took bread and he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples, saying, This is my body, which is for you. Take it in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and said, This is a new covenant sealed in my blood. Whenever you drink this cup and you eat this bread, you proclaim the death and the resurrection of Jesus until he comes again. it. This is the body of Christ which is broken for you. It in remembrance of him.
This cup is a new covenant sealed by Christ's blood, which was shed, that the sins of many might be forgiven. Drink from it, all of you, in remembrance of him. We draw near to God once again in prayer. Shall we pray together? God, our Father, we thank you for permitting us to take part in your holy mysteries. Through the working of your Spirit, may the life of Christ turn our fears to freedom and help us to live for others. May the strength of Christ lead us in our living through whatever, whatever of joy or sorrow awaits us in the week ahead. To Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be glory, praise forever. Amen. We join to sing together our closing hymn, 286. 286, tell out my soul.
May the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, keep your hearts, your minds in the knowledge and the love of God and His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, and the blessing of God the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you today and the days to come.